guys. Welcome to the Second Wife Life podcast. This is Melissa. And I'm Shay. And we are college best friends who are living 3,000 miles away, but we share a very similar story. So join us in our journey as first-time wives, automatic mamas, and navigating through this beautiful life. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, today, Shay and I are going to be talking about mom guilt, because um, it's something that we definitely experience, and we know plenty of you experience it as well. And in line with mom guilt, we're also going to be talking about burnout. Um so with that, I mean, Shay, do you want to start with like a story about how we've experienced this or should I go into some like definitions on like, what is burnout? What does that mean? What does it look like? Um, to see if yeah. anyone like, resonates with the feelings of it. <laughs> I think any parent can relate to this, you know, whether you're a bio parent, a step parent, a grandparent, you know, like it's. It's a, a lot. Uh, yeah. Even a nanny, a babysitter, like it's, it's, it can be a lot. And I feel like too, with us, you know, being, um, a bonus parent and feeling the burnout and the fatigue and the mom guilt, I feel like, you know, you and I've talked about this a lot is we, I feel like we struggle with it more because it's not our biological kids. So we feel like we don't want them to resent us by, I don't want to say resenting them because we don't resent them, but by being burnt out by them where you're like, I just need 15 minutes away from you or whatever it is, or those, those times where you're counting down (laughs) when they go back to bio mom or bio dad or whatever. So you can get that break. But I, you know, and then being a full-time biological parents, you don't get those breaks. And I think as a step parent and bonus parent, I feel more guilty in that way. Like on you know, there, I, I mean, I love eat a death. He's a great kid, but yeah, there are moments where I'm like, okay, you can go back to your mom's now. You know what I mean? And I feel, I feel guilty saying that out loud. I feel guilty, um, having those feelings and it's not anything against him in any way, shape or form, but you know, and now that I'm about to have my own kid, I won't get that from at all, you know, that little break. So <laughs> I can't count down the days for this one to leave, but <laughs> every mom does have those moments. You know, every mom has those moments of, Oh, you know, okay. You're going to school tomorrow. Yay. You know, or you're going to dance for a couple hours or sports for a couple hours. So I get my me time or my break time or whatever, you know, we all have those moments of countdowns for sure. But I think as a bonus parent, I don't know. I feel more guilty than I probably should when I have those moments. It's really hard to admit, first of all. I mean, you and I have had multiple like conversations about it and we'll like text each other in the moment, you know, but it's it's almost like a like a cringy moment where we're like, wait, is this really what I'm feeling? It is what I'm feeling. So then to have that like acceptance and realization of it internally. And then to actually voice it, whether it's to your partner or it's to a friend or a family member, or even just saying it out loud to yourself, like, holy shit, like I am burned out right now. Like, can't I just get some alone time? (laughs) And there's something about like saying it verbally or like making other people aware of how you're feeling for me, where it just feels so like cringy. And that's where like that guilt comes in. Like, is it okay that I'm feeling this way? Is it normal? Is there something wrong with me? that I'm feeling this way? Is there something wrong that I'm doing? And that's why I'm feeling burned out. But really through talking to you, talking to my mom, um, talking to multiple other people, like it's normal talking to Colby about it. Like it's normal. And it isn't just something that like we talked about earlier that like a mom goes through or a dad, you have grandparents, aunts, uncles, caretakers, babysitters, nannies, like there is going to be burnout with everything. So I guess here's like a good time to work in like a definition of what burnout is just to try to normalize it. Um, but burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as a result from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Um, and one of my professors actually gave me this information for a class that I'm in. 
and this is more geared towards like professional burnout and how the World Health Organization defines burnout. So yes, the World Health Organization is acknowledging that burnout is real. And again, this is more in line with like professional burnout, but being a parent is a job. It's a full-time job. And so that's where I feel like this can tie in together. And, you know, there's feelings of like depleted energy. So feeling exhausted all the time. There's a mental distance from your family or doing or doing things that you like. You're you're kind of mentally taking like a backseat to things. Um, and those are like the characteristics of it. And there's times where I know we have talked and I'm like, I need a timeout. And I remember my mom doing this when we were younger. She would tell my brother and I, like, okay, you guys can hang out downstairs. I'm going to go in my room for 20 minutes. I'm putting myself in a mommy timeout. And so that's been like the phrase in our house, like, hey, oh, like I'm going into a mommy timeout right now. And usually that's like my shower time where I'm in the shower. I cannot hear things. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> there's just like the running water. I put my phone on the side and I'm just able to like be in my own silence. Um, so that's been really helpful for me, but at the same time, like taking a shower, like that's, uh, that's not a form of like self-care really. Right. <laughs> it isn't, it isn't like it, like I totally get where you're coming from on that. And I feel like that's probably my me time too, but it, it is and it isn't like you would think a shower wouldn't be your me time, but sometimes those precious 20 minutes is all you get. And that ends up being your me time. But you make a good point with the burnout in a professional world versus like a parenting world. Cause it it's, it's the same, no matter what, like you said, being a mom is a full-time job. Being a parent is a full-time job, just like any other full-time job. And when you're doing both on top of it, burnout can be even more real. And I feel like too, with, with the pandemic that we've all just been through and a lot of us, you know, 90% of us were working from home and being, you know, homeschool teachers and being parents and being, you know, their friend, because we were in lockdown, we all experienced burnout very quickly during that. Um, and I think some of us are still experiencing it. Like I was still working from home up until my maternity leave. And even though E is back in school normal, which is great. There's still the, Oh, okay. You're going to pick them up. Right. Or I'm going to drop them off. You're going to pick them up with like me and Dave, like, you know, figuring out schedules and stuff like, Oh, I need you to do it. I have a doctor's appointment today or whatever it may be, but you're still, you know, running around like a chicken with your head cut off, even though you're working from home, which you think would be easier, but you're still trying to get into a crazy groove. And then you got, you know, whatever work issues that may arise as well. So it's still, it's still all forming together into one bubble, I guess you could say, instead of separating it. And so I feel like the burnout comes faster too. And I, and I think with me recently too, being pregnant and coming towards the end of my pregnancy, I feel like my burnout is a lot, <laughs> you know, lower, or not, I don't know if it's lower or higher, but there's days where I'm just like, I need to go lay down. Like I can't do anything. Like I, not only did my back hurt and my feet hurt, but I just need to be alone. <laughs> like I need to be. So, you know, there's been days where E and Dave will do whatever they're doing and I'm laying in bed because I just need to decompress and, you know, I'm also in pain. So there's that too. But I think, I think a lot more parents have been feeling the burnout more recently than ever, especially with what we've been going through the past year and a half, almost two years too. Right. And there's like no break from it. Right. So, you know, we were also excited, like, let's get the kids back in school because developmentally, like that's what they need. They need to be in school with their peer group and interacting like children, right? Because we can be put on that facade for so long before we're over it. And we're like, no, I need, I need adult time too. You need kids time. I need adult time. Um, and even that was like a, a weird moment too, where it's exciting at the beginning. Yay. We get to spend all of this time together. And then that switch flips and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't, I cannot anymore. And again, like that's a scary, guilty 
uncomfortable realization to have. Mm -hmm. And that's where some of that guilt kicks in of like, what am I doing wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Do they feel this way? And to put it into perspective, I'm sure the kids feel this way. Like they would rather be with their friends than stuck with mom and dad for a year and a half. Yeah. At the beginning, it's great, but it's time that, you know, we start interacting with our own peer groups for us and them. And you brought up a good point too about with work and how being a parent is a job. It's a full-time job. Also, if you're doing that full-time for like work work, at the end of the workday, you get to turn it off. You get to decompress on your drive home, right? Like, yes, I'm done with work for the day. I'm done with work for the week, whatever it may be. You know that there's an end in sight, but as yeah. a parent, you don't have that end in sight. And again, I feel like this sounds so awful, but there's no light at the end of that tunnel, right? At the end of the day, what do we have to look forward to? Like bedtime? Yeah. But by then you're so tired where you're not doing what you want or doing things that like make you feel fulfilled. Yeah. And it's just the cycle that continues, but even going to practices for sports. Yes, they're entertained for an hour, but you're still trying to juggle everything to get them to practice. Who's going to pick them up? Can you stay for the whole practice? And while you're at practice, you don't want to be that parent, like that asshole parent who's on their phone the whole time, mm-hmm. decompressing through like talking to a friend or social media or whatever it may be. You want to be present. You want to watch them because they're expecting you to watch them. Yes. And yes. it's also enjoyable to watch them. So, so even like, that's hard to even count that as a break. Um, no, for sure. It's, it's a lot. It's, it is a lot. And especially with this past year, it's a lot with, you know, everything we've all encountered on top of it. But I also feel like too, like something that just kind of thought a thought came in my mind is I also feel guilty on like the other side of it. Like, for example, because we have E5050 and like last, what was it last week or the week before we got hit, we always get him on a Wednesday and I had made dinner plans with a friend that Wednesday night. Cause she couldn't make it to my baby shower. And so she had a gift for me. So we planned to do dinner. And of course that's like his first day back and we hadn't seen him. I can't remember if it was her weekend or our weekend, but either way, we hadn't seen him in a few days. And so I still got him from school that day. And then I told him that like, he's like, Oh, what's for dinner. And I was like, well, you and dad are actually going to be on your own. Like I'm meeting a friend. And he seemed like kind of bummed that I wasn't going to be there. And like, I felt guilty with that too. Like, I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, this is the day that worked with, you know, my friend and I, like, I I'm sorry, but I won't be gone long. And I got home in time you know, to say goodnight to him, but he like seemed upset and sad that I wasn't going to be there. And then I got, you know, the mom guilt on that too, on the other side of it, where it's like, I'm sorry, dude, but I got to meet my friend. And it's, it's hard to make plans when we do have them because we do only get them 50% of the time. So a lot of times we don't, I don't make plans or Dave doesn't make plans when we do have them because we want to spend that time with him. We want to make it worth it. But sometimes things like that, you know, pop up. And then you feel, you feel guilty. (laughs) So there's the guilty side on that as well as the burnout side. Right. And you feel like the bad guy with it. Like, Oh, am I like not allowed? Not, not allowed, but am I in the wrong for making plans with a friend that night? Like knowing it's the night that he comes back and he wants to see you. So then that guilt kicks in and you're like, Oh shoot. Yeah. But at the same time, like it's a balance, right? Like the world doesn't revolve around them. The world doesn't revolve around us. Like we equally need to do things that make us feel good to make us want to be present and in the moment with them. And sometimes that involves taking a little bit of a break for yourself and going to dinner with a friend. Or I mean, for my birthday, um, Colby and I went out to dinner and very rarely do Colby and I like go and do things together. Just the two of us, like it's always the three of us and whenever it's just Colby and I, we get this like sad puppy dog face, like, Oh, well, why can't I go? What about me? And it's like, well, but you're going to have fun with my brother who lives out here also, like you're going to have fun with uncle Scott and auntie Lauren, or, you know, sometimes we'll 
have one of our other friends uh, watch him who has kids too, you know? So we try to play it up. Like it's going to be really exciting for him, but he just puts on this, like, but I'd rather be with you guys. Right. And I'm sure there's truth in that, but then we feel bad. Well, I, I, I can't speak for Colby, but we've talked about it. We collectively have talked about like feeling bad, but then also saying, no, like it's okay for us to go on a date night. And this happens maybe once every two to three months where we, we go for a few hours, have dinner by ourselves. And there's this one restaurant that Colby and I really enjoy going to, um, but it's like a speakeasy. So you have to be 21 to go. And for date nights, that's where we really like to go because all the other restaurants we can go with him, but this place we can't. Yeah. And it's like special to you guys too. Exactly. And so we went there for my birthday. And when we told him, you know, that we're going out to dinner for my birthday, he was like, oh, is this the place that I can't go to? And we're like, that's, that's, yes, there's truth in that, that you are not old enough to go, but it's not that you cannot go. It's that you're just not old enough enough. and that's okay because we go out to dinner and we do all these other things together but then it just like eats at me and makes me feel bad and I'm like god damn it like can't I just have one night for three hours to go to dinner I know I know it's It's so hard it's so hard and I I always question that too especially with this new baby coming is I don't ever want E to feel left out in that sense with his sister because it's like, oh, on a weekend you're with your mom, but we have plans with, you know, your little sister to do something or whatever. Like, I don't want him to, obviously we'll, we'll try and schedule as best as we can when he's with us, but there's going to be some things that come up in the future where unfortunately because of the schedule, he just won't be a part of. And that's, I I worry about that in the future because I don't want him to ever feel like we're leaving him out on purpose. And so Mm -hmm. I already have that mom guilt, even though it hasn't even happened yet, but (laughs) I know it's going to, and I worry about that. But I also think I worry about it more than more than I should, because I think he will be fine at the end of the day. And he does understand the situation. But I, I, as, as a bonus parent, I don't want him to ever feel like we're excluding him or I'm excluding him on purpose or, you know, whatever it may be, or him ever resent this sibling of his, because this sibling gets a hundred percent here in our time. And he only gets 50%. You know what I mean? So mom guilt is real in all forms, (laughs) unfortunately. It really is. And I mean, that goes to say that it's so important that as parents or caretakers or whatever your role is, is that you're, you're putting yourself first, but not in like a selfish way. And sometimes it is okay to be selfish. Like, Hey, I need 20 minutes. Just give me 20 minutes. You can read, you can, you know, watch a movie for 20 minutes, like, you know, find something to occupy them for 20 minutes. That way they don't feel like, well, if mom's sitting in silence by herself for 20 minutes, I'm getting punished by it. Like, don't make it like that, but put your needs first. If you need to, you know, give yourself a mommy time out, like after you make sure your child's safe and you're not like neglecting them, obviously like do it. It's what's so important. Um, I was reading for one of my classes and this is something right that like I've talked to my mom about and she tells me like no this is normal it's okay like why do you think I did this why do you think I did that with you and your brother you know um but hearing it from a family member is like okay yeah like it helps validate but then when you hear it from like external sources I feel like it validates it that much more for sure Um, and I was wondering why sometimes when I'm feeling like burnt out, I just like shut down. Like I don't engage. He'll be so excited to tell me something. And I'm just like, okay. And yes, cool. Like just not in the mood. Right. Yes. And I, I 100% relate. I do the same thing. I, when I'm, I shut down for sure. And I just don't have the energy to even express any kind of like excitement back (laughs) right like even saying oh cool seems like so much effort and energy and when I was reading um about burnout like you assign 
of burnout is just being totally disengaged. And that's like one of the tall tale, again, signs that, you know, you're burned out. Like you just have no energy to engage. And that really solidified my feelings for me and helped validate what I'm experiencing. Because again, that guilt trips in, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, do I suck at being a parent because I'm not excited in this moment? But then when I take a step back and I'm like, okay, I'm super stressed with school or Colby's leaving for a few weeks, or I'm running late to take the Rosie to go get a haircut or, or whatever. I need to go to the grocery store. Right. You know, when you're thinking of all of these things and then, you know, having to factor in caring for a child on top of it, then you just shut down. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so there is a real reason why I'm doing this. It isn't because I suck. It's just a, a natural response. And the key to it is being aware to it. So if you find yourself like disengaging and having those moments, like, it's not foolproof. Like you're going to have them, but take a step back and try to evaluate like what's going on and make it a point to talk to your partner and say, Hey, like I need you and O to go to the movies this weekend, get out of the house for two hours. So I can focus on what I need to for school. So that way, when you guys come home, like I'm re-energized, I'm excited. Like I want to hear about what you guys did as opposed to you guys just being here and me then ignoring you. Yeah. That doesn't feel good for anyone either. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. It's true. There was a couple weekends ago, it was um, my friend Danielle's birthday, which, you know, Danielle. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and for her birthday, she wanted to do like a spa day and she actually booked like a hotel room for us too. And so it was just me and her and we went to the spa for the day and then we stayed in this hotel room and it was so nice. And she, I mean, she has four kids, so her hands are full and any, her getting away in general is hard as it is with four kids. And, you know, her youngest will be one in December. So she's still, you know, she has almost 11 month old now. And so moments like these are few and far between, but you, you know, her and I were talking, like, we need to make this happen more often and, and even get more like other girls involved and start doing these girl trips, whether it's once a year or once every two years or something and just get away and have girl time, mom time, me time, whatever it is. Cause it was so refreshing and so nice. And, and especially before like this baby comes too, it was nice just to have a moment away with, you know, one of your best friends, you know? So we were talking about doing this, making it a ritual of some way and getting more like more people involved just because we all need it. We all need that break. We all need that refresher, even if it's just one night away. Like we didn't even go far. We went 15 minutes down the road. Like it was like a staycation type thing, you know, like <laughs> it was more There's of a vacation. something about being in a hotel that just makes everything better again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I mean, she moved to Bakersfield. So it was more of like a vacation for her than it was for me being only 15 minutes away. But if, if you need that break, like find some girlfriends just to go do that. You know, like we hope to make that a ritual, like I said, and you got to come join when you eventually come back out here, you know, and, and make it just like something where we can just all decompress together and just relax and have that moment of, of just, I don't know, fresh breath of air in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously we feel bad leaving the kids, but you got to take care of you first in order to take care of your kids in the long run. Oh my gosh. We should totally do like a balmy retreat. We <laughs> like totally should care for like a long weekend, like a three or four day weekend. <laughs> yes. And I think it's so crucial. Like as hard as it is to, to leave for that long, I think it's crucial in just like your own mental health and just your own well-being on top of it. Like that's self-care in itself, just getting away and having fun with friends. And you know what? The guys need it too. Like Dave, Dave goes on golf trips every now and then, and that's his time away. And that's his daddy retreat, you know, even if all his friends don't have kids, but that's still his moment away. And I think us as moms, we, as much as we feel guilty doing it, I think we need to force ourselves to do it. No, I agree. And also too, with that, like it shouldn't take, you know, that once a year where you're like, Oh, I can finally go do something for myself. Like 
there's small things, you know, that you can do on like a daily basis or every other day or weekly. We always think like self-care has to be, you know, on one end of the extreme, right? Like going away and like, yes, definitely we need to make that happen. Like a mommy retreat, like support group weekend type thing. Um, But also like on a daily basis, like going out for a walk by yourself for 20 minutes. Um, Or if you can't go for your, you, you know, by yourself, you can take your kids with you and have them like ride their bike or ride their scooter. And, you know, you keep them at like a distance so you can watch them and make sure they're safe, but also still being able to like appreciate the silence. Yeah. And depending on how old your kids are, like preface it, like, Hey, we're going for a walk right now, but unless like you're dying, like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to hear from you, yeah. you know? And depending on like the age, I mean, Oh, and I really started doing that during the pandemic. Like every morning we'd wake up, eat a little bit of breakfast, and then we'd go for a two to three mile. I'd walk or run and he would ride his bike or scooter. And it was so nice. And there's like a pond, you know, about like a mile and a half in where there were like baby ducks. So we'd stop there together. He would always wait for me. And we'd like have a moment, like looking at the ducks and then we'd get on with it, you know, and that's like 40 minutes to an hour of just like being in the fresh air, moving your body. Um, yeah. Something else that I think is really interesting that, you know, this might be too like clinical for you guys listening, Um, but there's something called behavioral activation and it's really helpful for like depression and just from seeing like on social media, how many parents suffer with depression, right. And feeling like they have so much on their plate, but then they become so overwhelmed in the depression that they can't do any of it. And then that cycle continues feeding the depression with behavioral activation. That's like getting out and doing something little for yourself every day. Yeah. And for some people, every day might be too much and that's okay. Um, but like you said, going for that walk, taking that 20 minute shower in peace or, you know, being able to bake something or to cook. And it's like for you, like you're cooking what you want, not, you know, this could be after the kids go to bed or, you know, finding these little behaviors that bring us joy is really helpful. Um, and that ties in with the burnout too. Like there are like the physical signs, you know, of being like removing yourself from the situation. So removing the engagement piece from your partner and your family. And then that guilt creeps in even more. Yeah. And then you also have like physical signs, like headaches, changes in appetite, change in sleep, like insomnia can start coming in, getting sick often. Um, so there are all these things that burnout can lead to, um, and like being aware is so important and being able to speak up and be in that supportive environment and know that you're not alone. Like we mentioned before, like the two of us being able to talk to each other on a daily basis about what we're experiencing has helped normalize everything I'm feeling. And I'm sure it has for you too, where it's like, okay, I'm not crazy for thinking this. I'm not crazy for feeling this way. I'm not wrong for feeling like I need a break. Yeah. It's true. And like I said before, I think too, there's like an extra level or, or extra stigma with being a bonus parent with it mm-hmm. too, you know? Um, cause we don't want to resent. I don't even know if resents like the right word. Like we don't, I don't know what the correct terminology is, but we don't want to, I guess, resent, but you know, this child that we didn't even create, you know, and, and vice versa. Like we don't want ENO to ever resent us either. Um, and I feel like too, it's a different level of burnout. It's a different, it's still burnout, but there's just, there's like a different, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but there's like a side to it, you know, being a step parent too. Well, I think what what you're saying is reminding me of like unconditional love, right? So as a biological parent, like there's unconditional love for your child, right? Like they did not ask to be here. So you love them as such, right? 
And there's always going to be that bond and that connection between the bio parents, whether it's mom or dad, there's always going to be that, like, you can never remove that. Like this person biologically will always be your mom. This person will always biologically be your dad. You cannot change any of that. There's always going to be that emotional and biological tie. Right. And then is a bonus parent or like, even in my situation, like he doesn't consider me a bonus parent. I don't consider myself a bonus parent. Like I am his primary parent. The only thing I'm missing is the biological piece. And for me, it's hard because we don't have that biological piece. So for me, when I feel guilty or I feel burnt out, or I feel like I'm not engaging as much as I should, I worry that that lack of a biological tie is going to impact your relationship. You said it perfectly. And that's where like, it real like it comes from, from me. And I'm sure you feel that with E that we don't have this biological tie. So we always need, we put this pressure on ourselves to always be on, to always be perfect, to always be that parent. Right. Yes. Like to almost compensate, like overcompensate for the lack of the biological piece. I don't, I haven't thought that far into it. But but no, you, you have said it like you wrapped it up perfectly. And I think, and it may be, it may be overcompensation. You're absolutely right. We're trying to fill, I guess, fill a void that we don't have, you know, with, with our kids. Yeah, you and I have always talked about that. They are our kids. They are our, our boys, no matter what. Like he will always, I always refer to him as my son. I want him to feel included in this family, no matter what, especially with its sibling coming. And so I will always, always consider him a son to me, not necessarily my stepson. And I think you hit the nail on the head is we, we probably do compensate that biological factor. So we do always have to be on So that relationship can still develop and still be there and we can grow with it and, you you know, keep that bond or not let that bond suffer in a way. And I feel like when we are burnt out and we do have those moments of disengaging, we are afraid that that bond is going to suffer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like that love piece, right. Where if I'm saying like, Hey, I'm, I need 20 minutes or, Hey, this is too much for me right now. My concern is that it will be interpreted like, Oh, she, not that she doesn't love me, but not, she doesn't want to spend time with, she doesn't want to spend time or like I'm too much or like, I don't ever want him to have those feelings. And with our situation, it's like even more magnified for me. And I'm, I'm aware that I like magnify it myself. Right. I always want to make sure that he feels loved by me. And that's where I am afraid to admit to him when I'm burnt out, when I'm overwhelmed, when I just need a little bit of a break, because I don't want, again, it to be interpreted that like, she doesn't love me. And that's not what it is at all. I mean, I love Colby, but sometimes I need, you know, like you need that break too. Yeah. I, yeah. I need a little bit of a break and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like that's why him, him and O will go to the movie theaters. Like, first of all, that's like a whole other story. I think movie theaters are super gross, but (laughs) but like, that's their bonding time, right? Like that's his break to be with O and like, enjoy the like Marvel universe and DC, DC. That's the other one, the DC, (laughs) the DC universe and like the things that they enjoy. Well, I have my break to like do something that I enjoy that I know Colby and O don't necessarily enjoy. For sure. We're adults. So there's just that unspoken mutual understanding, but when there's a kid who is in a situation like this where mom is not around and has made it apparent that she doesn't want to be part of his life right now. I feel like I need to go above and beyond. Yeah. And that's, that's a part that I honestly am struggling with. Like, I think it was 
maybe a month or two ago, you and I were texting about it where um, Colby was sleeping in one morning because he had a super stressful week at work. And he's like, Sunday morning, like, I just want to relax and not do anything. Like, okay, that's fine. Um, and usually Sunday mornings, like, we'll go for a walk. And then I like to clean just to like start the week off fresh. And I had instructed, Oh, like, Hey, I want you to clean out like your closet. There's just a few things in there and let's vacuum it out really well. And he was like, okay, sounds good. I go in and check, did it like maybe 25%. And I was like, come on, but like, this isn't done. Let's do it right. You know, so that way we can be done and get on with our day. Come back. At this point, it's like 50% done. But keep in mind, he's telling me it's done each time. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, like, let me just go over it with you again so you understand what I'm asking you to do. And then the third time, okay, I'm done. And then I lost it. And I was like, this is not done. Like, you knew exactly what I was asking you to do. You've done it before. This is almost like an every Sunday activity. You know, I know you want to go play outside. I know you want to do these things, but like, I need you to get it done. And he was like, okay. And then I was like, because it's taken three times. If I come back one more time, like no video games for the rest of the day. And that killed me. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I go and I tell Colby about it and he's like, you're seriously giving him four chances. And I'm like, well, okay. The first one, I was just, you know, whatever. The second one, maybe he didn't understand the third one. I was frustrated, but I'm again, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And Colby is like, after the second time, like that should have been it. Like Mm -hmm. you should be like no playing outside for the rest of the day. Like, no, he doesn't get to like gaff you off. Yeah. And so here's Colby is like, you know, dad being like, no, buckle down. Right. And for me, I'm like, but I feel like I can't buckle down, not because of anything Colby's ever said or done, but because again, I don't want, oh, to see me as the bad guy. And I felt like such a bad guy after the fourth time. Yeah. And you feel like you're a bad guy like 90% of the time already just, you know, saying no to other things. And it's, it, 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 you feel like it's backfires sometimes. Yeah. And so like with this, it's like, what do you mean I need to like discipline him more? Like that's so uncomfortable for me. I don't want him to think I'm the bad guy. And, you know, if I'm always the one saying like, no, let's do this, let's do that. And, you know, because with Colby's work schedule as of lately, like, he's been coming home and it's like dinner time, then it's bedtime, you know? So he's physically he's here, but mentally he's at work. And so I'm having to do a lot of it. Yeah. You know? So that's where I'm always feeling like the bad guy right now, because I'm supervising everything. Mm-hmm. And when you supervise, you catch things and that doesn't feel good. And so I was trying to explain to Colby, like, look, you can maybe be more, you know, quote unquote strict. Cause him and I are strict on like different things. Um, but you might be more strict with like punishments as far as like taking things away. And he's not going to think twice about it because yeah. you're dad. Yeah. And I don't exactly. want him to ever think twice about me. And so then it went into this whole thing about how I like feel guilty and yeah, just it's normal to have these feelings and it's even more helpful to recognize that you're having these feelings so you can talk about them. And, but it's, it's true though. And as, as the step parent bonus parent, you, every, every decision you make in the back of your head, you always wonder if you're jeopardizing your relationship with them. Yeah. And, you know, with me and you, you and I are, are very lucky where we do already have strong relationships with ENO and we have from, from the beginning. And, you know, there may be some people out there that are just now stepping into this role or they just don't have a connection like what we have. But at the end of the day, we always rethink every decision we do with these boys and I know there's times where I've gotten mad at E or I've had to discipline E and then I just feel so guilty later and it's not so much of feeling guilty that I disciplined him it's more so of like 
is he gonna hate me is he gonna resent me is he gonna be the mean stepmom like yeah like I remember god what was I want to say it was like a year ago probably during the pandemic and I texted you about it something happened with E and I got mad at him and he got upset because I got mad at him and Dave backed me up and Dave you know Dave ended up we took something away probably video games I don't remember I don't even remember what the situation was but I remember Dave we left him alone for a little bit he's crying he's upset Dave went back in there to try and talk to him and I remember overhearing something along the lines of Shay was being mean to me or Shay Shay I think something along the lines of Shay was being mean and I overheard it and I went into the bathroom and I just like broke down because I wasn't trying to be mean to him like he was acting out and Dave and I were both on him I may have gotten on him more than Dave again I don't remember the situation it was like a year ago but I remember texting you about it and I'm like yeah I remember this sitting in the bathroom crying because I just felt so bad I'm like he hates me now like I ruined our relationship I ruined our bond we had a great bond and once I kind of got you know, myself together and recouped, I went in there and talked to him and I explained why I got mad at him and why the situation arose and we worked it out. But I mean, I'm sure as a bio parent, people feel like that too. But when it's your stepchild that you're working so hard to keep a bond and relationship with throughout his whole life and something like that happens, it is heartbreaking and it's so hard. And so you know, you always question if the punishment's right, if the discipline's right, if the burnout's real, if um, whatever decision you make is good or not. You know, I'm, I mean, any parent goes through that kind of guilt. But when it's a stepchild, it's just a whole nother level that I can't really like really put into words. Well, it's almost like you're walking on eggshells all the time. Like you and E have a great relationship. Oh, and I have a great relationship. Like to him, I am his mom. Mm-hmm. But then for me, because there isn't like for you, like there isn't that biological tie. We're walking on eggshells. We're always second guessing. Okay. Am I doing enough? Did I do too much? Is yeah. this punishment? Okay. What's he going to think of me for this? And when like, I mean, I remember being a kid and when I would get punished, like uh, from the stories I've heard, about myself as a child. Um, I was a little asshole. <laughs> when I, would get mad. I, you know, here, like I'd be throwing a tantrum or whatever. And my parents would put me in a timeout and I'd be like, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, he has never said that to me ever. He has Nerdy, never said that. Yeah. Like he's never done any of that. Right. But I feel like when there's that biological tie, like the threshold is so much higher. Like I was able to tell my parents as an eight-year-old, like, I hate you. And I'm sure that hurt. Like that's never going to feel good, but. But they were able to brush it off a little bit. Yeah. I'd snap out of it. Okay. Most is just being eight or however old I was, Yeah, you know, and it'll be, it will give her some time to calm down. She's just mad. But now, like for you in that situation, when he said that you were being mean to him, you know, was it like, excuse me, was it like real? Was it like, was he just overreacting and upset? Just just how I told my parents I hated them. I was just mad. And so I said something hurtful because I felt hurt. Like, yeah, that's most likely what it was, you know, because we don't like getting called out when we're acting up, you know? And so we're going to, you know, retaliate with something hurtful, but it hurts even more because you're like, well, shoot, like you said, there goes our relationship and everything I'm working hard for. Now, do I get to be dubbed as like the mean stepmom or Mm -hmm. the equal stepmom? And there's so much stigma around that. And that's where I feel like we do have to, not that we have to walk on the eggshells, just that they're present because there isn't that innate uh, bond. Yeah. This is always going to be my mom. This is always going to be my dad, no matter what. Right. Right. Hopefully that's how it is for the boys too. Right. And how they view us. But I don't know. Sometimes I feel like as adults, we make so many problems because we overthink so much. (laughs) A thousand percent. And I think, I think you're right. I think we do overthink it, especially being in our situations. We do overthink it sometimes, but then at the same time, like kids are smart too, you know, like they 
are aware of a lot more than we ever give them credit to. And I've said that yeah. before. So it's like, are we really overthinking it though? <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, all you and I've ever wanted with ENO is just to raise two awesome kids to be good human beings, you know, and we want them to look back on their life when they're older and be like, yeah, I had, even though my parents were separated, I had a great upbringing with a great stepmom and a great bio mom and great bio dad, you know, except whatever the situation may be. That's all we've ever wanted. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you and I have talked about that from the beginning and to have moments like those where it just crushes you. It's, I, I think looking back on it, it's just a moment, you know, at mm-hmm. the time it sucks and you go through all these thoughts in your head. Like I ruined our relationship. He, I'm the evil stepmother now, blah, 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 blah. But looking back on it, they're just moments in time and they're going to, you know, I'm going to have that with this baby coming up too. Um, but it's more of the bigger picture in the long run and, you know, going in and talking with E afterwards and working it out and explaining you know, where I'm coming from and where he's coming from and learning to understand each other is only going to make the situation and the relationship better at the end of the day too. And having your partner's support and your partner's respect and backup through situations like that, I think is huge too, you know, Mm -hmm. because Dave went in there to talk to him and Dave also explained where I was coming from and where Dave was coming from and why he got in trouble. And, um, instead of it just being one-sided having your partner support during a situation like that is crucial too because then the child sees the respect that you and your partner have and they learn to respect your parenting dynamic not just as a solo parent but as a dynamic duo too oh for sure and that's something too that's like it just feeds even more into like you know the mom guilt and circling it back to that where it's I think it was difficult for me to try to explain it to Colby I mean we literally had a conversation like two days after this situation with cleaning his closet (laughs) um and this was maybe like a two and a half hour conversation where I was just like crying and just like the amount of guilt that you feel and trying to explain it to someone who's not in your shoes and he tries his best to understand and hear where I'm coming from and like to see my perspective but then I get frustrated because like but you don't understand yeah and accepting- they can understand to a certain extent right and they're not going to understand it the way that you know you and I talking to each other the way that you and I understand it like I feel like we don't even have to go on these like super long conversations about it because it's like no I get you yeah. <laughs> like I've been there I felt been that. there done that yeah exactly <laughs> and trying to talk to you know Colby you know he's obviously like incredibly supportive um but it was just like, I, you're trying to find so many words to explain to someone who can hear what you're saying and try to understand, but that's the difference, like trying to understand versus actually understanding. And he's not actually able to understand because he's not in my shoes or your shoes or anyone's shoes who are coming into this type of situation. And I mean, once it was like, once I talked it all out, it was fine. And he helped remind me and kind of put it back into perspective that this is something that's like not made up in my mind, but like that day with, Oh, he was never upset that I like took his video games away or that I disciplined him. He never went to Colby or said he didn't feel loved or that he didn't feel a certain way. That was in my mind. Like I disciplined him too much. Like he's going to start feeling this way. And Colby made me like reflect back on like my own childhood. Like, did I ever feel unloved by my parents when they disciplined me? No, definitely not. Right. And we, there's that different that. Yeah. We project it because we, again, we don't have that like biological tie. No, I keep going back to that, but, but that's the, that's what it is. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like that's the only thing that's missing between a bonus parent versus a bio parent and And us issue Mm -hmm. like the kids don't see it that way that is hands down an us issue it truly truly is because the the kids only see us as parents 
Like they know, they know the difference. Yeah. O calls you mom. E calls me mom sometimes too. Not it's a different dynamic than what O does, but at the end of the day, they still see us as their parents, you know? Um, and that's really all that matters, but we definitely, we like, like we said earlier, we overthink it plain and simple. (laughs) Yeah. So really the moral of this episode is that, um, we overthink things. Burnout is to be expected feeling guilty sometimes, like it's normal, right. To have that guilt, but most important of all of this is being able to identify it, being able to identify, okay, I'm totally overthinking in this situation, being able to identify, Hey, I'm burned out, identifying that you're feeling guilty and why you're feeling guilty. Um, that's like the big takeaway here. Like those three things are going to happen and it doesn't make you like a bad parent, a bad caretaker, a bad bonus parent. It's just, it's part of it. Um, and like where it flips to the other side though, is if you're not able to identify those things and you are like engaging in less than ideal behaviors, like then that's a problem. Then that's not okay. Like if you're resorting to like drinking and like getting drunk to deal with your partner's child, like you should probably pump the brakes and have, have a, like a come to Jesus moment here. Like that's not okay. (laughs) Totally. Totally. But I think, you know, just know if you're new to the bonus parent world, just know if you haven't experienced this yet, it will happen. Um, there's always going to be challenges and hurdles and all kinds of things that being a bonus parent will throw at you. But I think one of the biggest things is the guilt and the burnout. And just like Melissa said, knowing how to recognize it and find an outlet, find a resource. Like we hope we're a great resource for you, but Find another mom friend, whether they're a parent or not, whether they're a bio parent or not, just someone that's a mom, talk to them. Um, Cause believe it or not, bio parents feel the same way <laughs> as us step parents, but having that resource and that outlet to talk these things through definitely helps. And Melissa and I are big advocates for like therapy and stuff and talking to your own friends is a form of therapy. So having that outlet to just talk will help you not only feel validated in your feelings, but just help you get it out, you know, Um, make you feel those emotions that you may not even really know what you're feeling at the time. Anyways, you may not realize it's burnout until you start talking to someone, or you may not realize it's guilt until you start talking to someone. But I think the biggest thing is just like Melissa said, being able to recognize it and accept it because it's, it's going to (laughs) happen. It's there. It is. And giving it a voice, right? Like how we mentioned at the beginning of the episode that you start feeling burnt out, you start feeling guilty for feeling burned out. Um, And then you question like, is it okay that I'm feeling this way? And then you start feeling guilty for feeling guilty about feeling burnt out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a domino effect, right? And so when you start feeling it, like I said, give it a voice, reach out to someone, even saying it to yourself, like, oh shit, like, is this what I'm feeling right now? And like, allow yourself to like process and feel it. Um, And like Shay mentioned, we're huge advocates of therapy, Um, going and talking to someone who is unbiased, non-judgmental is really powerful. And then also too, with that, like, taking time to reflect, which is what, you know, therapy can provide, but really prioritizing like your health, whether that's like physical health, emotional health, mental health, um, getting out and doing something like I mentioned, like that behavioral activation earlier, um, getting out and going for a walk or going for a run or swim or petting dogs. Like (laughs) I, anything that's, that's what helps me sometimes just snuggling up with one of my dogs. Yeah. Um, doing something that brings you joy, um, can be really, really powerful as well with that. So Shay, I was thinking if, you know, you didn't have anything else with that, instead of maybe doing like a mom win or a mom fail, we can share one way, I guess that we like prioritize our 
like well-being to help yeah. with our own burnout. I like that idea. You I didn't first? have anything off the top of my head. So I need to think for a second. Okay. I got to think too. <laughs> oh, I have one. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Um, so for many of you who have been listening for a while, you already know this, um, but for any new listeners, I'm currently in grad school. Um, I'm in a master's of social work program and it is incredibly intensive. Um, so I'm doing that full time with a 22 hour week internship and then, you know, being a mom, a wife, a dog mom, a cat mom, a tortoise mom, there's a lot on my plate. And there's a lot of moving pieces in our life right now um, with, you know, Colby being in the military. Um, there's always something going on with that. And last semester, I recognized that, like, I just wasn't showing up as my best self to my relationship as a mom in school. Like, I was just always tired and just, like in a funk. Like I just wanted to be left alone, like not in like a depressive way, just, oh my gosh, can someone not bother me for 10 minutes? Um, and I totally was resorting to that. Like you hear of moms who like go hide in the bathroom for five <laughs> yep. minutes. Like that literally became me. And I was, oh my gosh, I totally understand what my mom was going through. <laughs> yeah. You have like that moment of like adulthood that happens and you're like, that realization yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Like I am an adult now. Like but I'm not just an adult. I'm an adult with a child. Like that happened a few months ago to me for the first time. And I was like, okay, I need to do something for myself. And yes, I have a lot on my plate. Like how many more hours in the day do I need? I don't know, but I know these hours needed to count for myself. And so one of our friends actually, um, we go to the farmer's markets every Sunday and she has been, you know, making like dog treats and like dog cupcakes and uh, donuts. And now she's starting with like all new exciting stuff for Christmas. Um, she opened a bakery super close to where we live, like 10 minutes away. And she was like, Hey, I know you worked in retail management before. Like, I know you're super busy with school, but if you ever want to come and like help me decorate cakes or cupcakes, like you're more than welcome. So after that moment where I was like, Oh shit, I'm that mom hiding in a bathroom right now. It's like, okay, I need to reach out to her. So I reached out to her and it's like, Hey, these are like the days of the week that I can come help. Um, and it was only one day a week at the time on Fridays for five hours where I was like, Hey, this is the amount of time I feel comfortable with. Um, it's not taking away from school, my school. It's while he's in school. It's while Colby's at work. Like it just worked out really well. Right. So instead of sitting at home and burying myself in more schoolwork or finding projects to do around the house, Okay, I'm going to get out. And so I started working at the dog bakery just one day a week. And I come back like so re-energized. Like I get to see dogs that come in. I get to give them treats. I get to decorate their birthday cakes. I get to decorate their cookies. <laughs> just totally like lighthearted, fun work for me. Like it's that brings you joy. Me. Yeah. And it brings me so much joy. Um, And then this semester, I was able to add on another day for four hours. So I'm there twice a week and it has been like a total shift. Like I go into the weekend because I I'm there Thursday, Friday. Right. So I go into the weekend feeling refreshed and ready. And it has helped like, again, me come back to like my relationship with Colby. It helps me come back to my relationship with, oh, it helps me be more present because I was able to get that like me time. Um, so yeah, that's how I, yeah, that was my moment of realization this summer in the bathroom of burnout and then calling it what it is, right? Like giving it a name and a voice and doing something about it. So I go yeah. for like my, my daily walks and I do little things, but really like going to the bakery has been my, my safe space. <laughs> no, I love that. And like you said, like the small things matter too, like the walks matter too, or even if it's going and getting your nails done or going to lunch with the girlfriend, like those small things matter too. But when you have something like that, that's just for you and just a focus that you can put your time and energy in definitely makes a difference for sure. Yeah. And I think for me, like mine's kind of similar, like listening to you say that mine's kind of similar because 
I've always had, even before um, Dave and I started dating, I've always done agility with my dogs. So I did it with Jazzy. And then when we got Paisley, we started getting her involved. And then the pan, but she was, when we first got Paisley was like two months before the world shut down. So she would come to agility with Jazzy, but she was, you know, just chilling in our laps because she was eight weeks old, you know, when we first got her. So she didn't really do much. So then the pandemic came and it shut down and um, there was no more agility for a while. And then that summer she started to do it again. So we got Paisley into it and Jazzy back into it and it lasted like a month and then it shut down again. Um, Cause that's when cases started rising again. And that was like right before the winter surge and, you know, vaccines still weren't out yet. So um, then it started up again. I want to say at the beginning of the year of 2021, this year is when it kind of started back up again. But that's been kind of like my outlet. Like that's always been something I've enjoyed doing. It's very mm-hmm. similar to you. It involves dogs. <laughs> but um, dogs make everything better. Yes, they totally do. But it's been it's on Tuesday nights and we never have E on Tuesday nights. And there was a time prior to the pandemic where we would have him on Tuesday nights sometimes. And then we changed the schedule a little bit and he would come with us and he would always have fun with the dogs too. But um as much as I know he likes it, it's kind of like my thing. And I'm kind of glad to have it still be my thing. And unfortunately, like he can't be there on Tuesdays, but Dave will come with me to help with, with Paisley and Jazzy. And, you know, just cause it's a lot and being pregnant. It's a lot. I've stopped doing it now since I'm close to my due date, which makes me sad. And I can't wait to start it up again, but that's, it's very similar to you. Like that's my, that's my outlet for something for me to do with my dogs and it's always been something I've enjoyed and I always get happy going and doing it and I'm always happy afterwards and and my mom made a good point and I didn't realize this um until I don't know maybe six seven months ago is she's like that's your outlet like because Dave I like he'll go with me and help but that's not his thing like he he's always like oh do I have to go I'm like yes I need help like I can't do you know, I need someone to hold a dog while I have the other dog, you know what I mean? So that's not really like his thing, but it's my thing. And it's, it's something I enjoy doing and it's something I've always loved doing. And it's a good bond with me and my dogs too, but it's, it's the same thing with you going to the bakery. It's having that one thing that's for you that I I can share with other people. And like the bakery, you can share with Colby and O too but it's still your thing at the end of the day. Yeah. It's like my space. Agility is your space Mm -hmm. and it's okay to have something that's just for us. And that's where you have to kind of override that guilt too. Like you mentioned, like it sucks that he can't come because you know that he enjoyed it when he's gone a few times, but it's also okay for you to have something that you do every Tuesday while he's off doing something with his mom. Yep. That is okay. It's okay for me to go and do this twice a week where I can just go and not think about anything. I can go and just be. Yeah. And similar to going out to dinner, like that guilt that I was explaining to you guys with, you know, Colby and I going out to dinner for a few hours once every few months, you know, where it's just the two of us. Like it is more than okay. Like the kids get to go off and do things that are their own thing mm-hmm. and they don't think twice about it. So why can't we? <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's totally true. We're juggling the whole world. That's why we can't. Yeah, I know. How dare we? (laughs) The worst. No, it's, it's like, I never realized that was my outlet until my mom brought it up to me about like six or seven months ago, because I think I brought up, you know, eventually I'd have to stop for a bit because of the pregnancy and this and that and how I was bummed about it. Um, And that's when my mom made me realize that that's my outlet. That's my me time. Even though I have Dave there with me, it's still my me time. And that's my moments of just doing something for myself that I thoroughly enjoy doing. And that's where having like an outside perspective, right? Like your mom was the one who had to point out like, Hey, this is, this is your spot. Like, this is where you go. This is your outlet. And 
that's where like, you know, sometimes going to therapy and having someone bring these things to your attention. Cause now you can name it like, okay, going to agility. Like that's my time. That's my space. This is mm-hmm. my outlet. None of you are coming. Well, Dave, come bring a dog and hold a dog. But other than that, I don't yeah. want to hear you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, he'll watch and he'll like, part- I mean, participate in the social aspect of talking to the other people that are in the class, but <laughs> A lot of times he's sitting there on his phone. Like, I'm not going to lie, but it's fine. Because again, it's, it's my me time. He's just there to hold a dog for me. (laughs) (laughs) He's your assistant. Exactly. Exactly. But it's still, it's still something for me at the end of the day. And I think, you know, if you can find something that's for you, that's once a week or twice a week, like with Melissa in the bakery or or whatever it is, even if it's just like a workout class, like that's your me time, whatever it is, find something that can be a weekly thing for you. Cause I think at the end of the day, it helps rejuvenate you in ways you may not even realize it. Yeah. And hold on to it, like make it a point. Notice how you feel, you know, after you go and do whatever this me time activity is you know, do you feel a little bit better? Do you feel a little bit lighter? Do you feel heavier? Like what is true for you, you know, in that moment when you're done, um, then paying attention to like your interactions with your family and your levels of engagement and see if that's something, you know, that's, that's cutting it. And if not, then keep trying. Um, but there's something out there for everyone to help with the burnout and just know you guys aren't alone with any of it. We're here. Um, reach out to us on our social media. If you have any questions or, you know, just need some validation with the feelings that come with this. Um, but yeah, we yeah. can do it. You guys we got can do it. We're all in this together guys, but yes, reach out for sure. Uh, like I said earlier, find another mom friend to talk to any kind of resource definitely helps at the end of the day, but we hope you enjoy this episode and understand that you're not alone. (laughs) And with that too, um, we can, you know, post some stuff on our social media too, as far as resources. Um, so you guys can check that out as well. Awesome. Well, thanks guys. Just know you're not alone. (laughs) See you later. Bye.